Hello and welcome to Bad Apple. I'm Helen and I'm Riley. And today we do our first ever episode about UFOs. <laughs> Outer space. Yay! How exciting. We talk about astrology enough on here. That's true. I'm this not, is just another I'm a fiend for UFOs. Are you? And aliens. You believe in aliens? Yeah. Do you? Yeah. Great. We're off to a good start. <laughs> if I believe that Mercury's position in relation to the sun impacts mm. my mood, I think it's only it's only prudent of me to also believe in aliens. Yeah. Otherwise, I might be a little bit inconsistent. <laughs> Your threshold doesn't quite it's not doesn't line up. <laughs> exactly. I need to be quite open-minded. I love the theory that because seemingly we haven't dis- we haven't for sure discovered alien life. We're either at the point of our adaptation where we are grossly ahead of the rest of alien life, mm-hmm. or we have not yet reached the point where most life in the universe dies. Oh. Like we haven't adapted to that point, and everything else has, and they right. are so far ahead that we're just not even we're still the like plankton to them, mm. one way or the other. I don't know which one I'd rather be. <laughs> yeah, right. What about that we're all just crabs? Stop it. That would be a bit more comforting. We're all just crabs at different stages <laughs> and we will eventually turn back into crabs. There's also that theory. Then does that make anyone an alien if we're all crabs? Stop it. This can count as true crime. It's a disappearance. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just saying. Oh. It is. Just saying to all of you guys. It's yeah. just that. One of the leading theories is aliens, but mm. this isn't, it's not a conspiracy podcast. We're not becoming an extraterrestrial life podcast. Yeah. Yes. Today, the episode is about Frederick Valentich, who was a pilot that disappeared under mysterious circumstances. Mm. That leads into the alien stuff, but mostly we'll be talking about <laughs> the disappearance. Yeah. You know? Let's go. So... Frederick Valentich was a 20-year-old Australian man who was determined to become a pilot. He had 150 hours of flying time under his belt, meaning he held a Class 4 instrument rating, entitling him to fly at night in visual meteorological conditions. (laughs) Help me, that was so hard to say. You've got to say it again soon. Great. Which just means when there is sufficient visibility to maintain visual separation from other objects. It's a step down from flying in instrumental meteorological conditions, which is when you rely on radars and other things to stop you hitting things, but you don't have to see what's going on. Yeah, that's necessarily. If it's like like a foggy night or whatever, clouds, you can still fly. But he could only fly when it was clear and he could see everything. Yeah. However, his career trajectory as a pilot had definitely not been seamless. He'd applied to the Royal Australian Air Force twice but was rejected both times for not meeting the educational requirements. He tried another path and began studying part-time to become a commercial pilot, but had a poor achievement record in his studies. He twice failed all five examinations required for a commercial license, and within the month before his disappearance had failed at least three of them. He had also been involved in a number of flying incidents, including flying into a controlled zone in Sydney, for which he received a warning for, and deliberately flying into a cloud twice, for which prosecution was being considered. On the 21st of October 1978, 
Frederick hired a Cessna 182 from Southern Air Services in Moorabbin, a southeastern suburb of Melbourne. At 6.19pm, he took off from Moorabbin Airport and flew southwest towards Cape Otway on Victoria's surf coast. He reached Cape Otway at around 7pm and was intending to bank left to head over the Bass Strait, which is the water between mainland Australia and Tasmania. Didn't know that. Didn't you know it was called that? No, I didn't know it had a name. The funny thing is, it's called the Bass Strait, but the sea between Australia and New Zealand is called the Tasman Sea. Right. But that has nothing to do with Tasmania. Man, I thought it was all just the Pacific Ocean. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I guess it kind of is, but there's little patches. Right. He had the intention of landing on King Island, which is a little island in that water, in the Bass Strait. He had flown to King Island many times before and knew the route well. However, he made radio contact with Melbourne Air Services at 7.06pm for several minutes to report an unidentified flying object in the vicinity of his aircraft while he was cruising at approximately 4,500 feet or 1,400 metres in the sky. For a kilometre and a half. I have no idea, you know? I don't think that's very high. How tall things, how high things go. I think like big, big plane, like big international plane. Yeah. We'll get up to like 56,000 feet, doesn't it? Oh my god. Doesn't oh, it? feet. Uh, feet, yeah, I don't know what that is in meters. Why are you in, in Imperial? I don't know. They always say on the <laughs> when you're on the plane, the captain comes and he's like, we're cruising now at 30,000 yeah, feet. And right. I'm like, I don't know what that is. <laughs> I'm just in this metal bird. <laughs> well, I guess that's like um, 10 times higher up. I get, yeah, 10, yeah. Quick maths. That's true. So he'd be like 10K, normal planes would be like 10K in the air. Yeah, I think he was in quite a small plane, so it's probably normal for this plane size. Yep. But, um, yeah, not super high. How high do you go when you jump out of a plane, when you skydive? I have 1,500 feet? Mm Mm-hmm. That seems really low. That's wrong. Why must this podcast always be testing our lack of knowledge in (laughs) many areas of life? I don't know anything about planes. (laughs) Me neither. Or, like, gun control, or what else have we done? God. Like, cattle farming. Red currents. (laughs) Red currents. (laughs) Anyway. He said that the object was flying around 300 metres above him. More maths for you. More sky maths. So, at 1,700 metres. Yes. Mm. Frederick described the object as shiny and long-shaped with four green landing lights and that it was swerving and darting around his aircraft at speeds faster than he had ever seen before. He thought the object was chasing him or playing some sort of game around his plane, and then suddenly disappeared, only to return a few seconds later, approaching his aircraft from his southwest. It was after this that things took a turn for the worst and Frederick's engines began malfunctioning, causing them to sputter and go into what's called a rough idle? Yeah, just when you're like... If your car was, like, running out of petrol... Oh, yeah. It would go... You know how in movies and stuff it's like... And the car, like, is stopping? Yeah, right. Yeah, that, but a plane version. But a plane version. Well, that's not great. Which would be scary. You would be, you were in the air. <laughs> yeah. He still had contact with Melbourne Air Traffic Control, and the responder heard him say, quote, It's hovering and it's not an aircraft. Followed by a series of clicking noises that sounded like metallic and scraping, and then silence. After Frederick lost contact with air traffic control, an air and sea search took place which lasted four days and covered more than 2,500 square kilometres. Ship traffic in the area was asked to check their surroundings and eight civilian aircrafts were used alongside an Air Force Lockheed P-3 Orion. This reminds me of um, 
when I try to talk about cars. Oh yeah. In our episodes. And I know just as little, if not less, about yeah. planes. I googled this plane. It's just like a big grey plane with no windows. Oh, good. It's a purpose-built surveillance aircraft. Yeah. How do they surveillance anything no without windows. window? I think they have, like, front windows. Oh, good. And I have a feeling they have, like, a scanner. Probably. I think they're scanning. Yeah. After nothing was found during the search, the disappearance was presumed to be fatal for Frederick and an investigation was launched by the Department of Transport. They were unable to determine the events that led up to the disappearance. Investigators looked into Frederick's reason for travelling to King Island, but they couldn't determine that either. He had told flight officials in Melbourne that he was going to King Island to pick up some friends, but told others that he was going to pick up some crayfish. Maybe they were the same. Fish are friends. Not food. Not food. Some cray friends. Cray friends. (laughs) Or, um, friendfish. Friendfish. Aww. Both of, both of those are cute. Yeah. But apparently, there were no friends, and there were no crayfish. So we know that neither of these was the reason for the visit. You mean, like, they vetted, like, there are no crayfish on King Island? No, they there was no one expecting him to go pick up any crayfish. Oh. I mean, can't you just pick them up? I thought he was... As in, can you just go to the shop and buy some? No, like can you oh. step like like mussels? You can just yeah, pry I, them off the rocks, you know. I think they're more. I think they're a bit more mobile. Right. I think you might have to trap them. Oh. But okay, got yeah. Sure. No one was expecting him on King Island. I see. That's why. Yeah. Interestingly, Frederick hadn't told King Island officials that he was intending to land there, which went against standard procedure. But we do know that he has kind of neglected protocol before, so not sure how much we can read into this. Some people say that this seemingly pointless flight suggests that Frederick had been going to look for UFOs again, but had to come up with a legitimate-sounding reason to tell officials so they wouldn't be suspicious. But others have suggested that he was just trying to log more hours of experience. Maybe he was just going to see a man about a dog. I've started using that saying around the house. (laughs) Is it Australian? I think so. When your dad's gone somewhere, you're like, where are you going? He's like, I'm going to see a man about a dog. He's not. What? Just what you say when you're just going out to just bum around. Yeah, okay, okay. Sure. At least that's my experience. <laughs> my dad might have just made it up. He made up a few things when mm-hmm, I was a kid. Mm-hmm. So it's, is, it, is it common slang? I don't know. I think so. I've never heard anyone say Definitely in, in Queensland. Ah, I yeah. see. Yes, yes. Nothing further came up until five years later when an engine cow flap was found on the shore of Flinders Island an island in the northeast of Tasmania, which is the other side to King Island, which is in the northwest. This is over 300 kilometres from Frederick's last known position over Cape Otway. The cow flap was identified as being from a Cessna 182, the same type of aircraft that Frederick had been flying when he disappeared. The serial number on the cow flap attributed it to a certain range of Cessnas, which included the one Frederick was in, but investigators couldn't be more certain than this. With limited evidence from the investigations, people began to hypothesise about Frederick's disappearance, and a number of theories have come to favour over the years. The first is that Frederick staged his own disappearance. Incongruous details about Frederick's trip and observations from air traffic control have led some to believe that he staged his own disappearance. After his 30-45 to minute trip to Cape Otway, his plane would still have had enough fuel to fly a further 800 kilometres or 500 miles for our US listeners. 
Further, even though it was a clear night, Frederick's Cessna never appeared on air traffic radars, casting doubts as to whether he even went to Cape Otway. Melbourne police also received reports of a mysterious light aircraft making a landing not far from Cape Otway shortly after Frederick's last radio transmission. Mm. Mm. But why would he want to stage his own disappearance? He was salty at the um, Royal Air Force for right. being so hard to work with. Maybe he was... Um, Maybe he had not... a lover. Maybe he was not well. Yeah, some people have said that. Mm. Mm. Mm-hmm. The most intriguing theory is definitely that Frederick was abducted by aliens during an encounter with a UFO. According to his father Guido, Frederick had often talked about his belief of life beyond Earth and the possibility of extraterrestrials. Apparently, he had watched many films and had collected newspaper articles on the topic. Guido said that Frederick had been worried about being attacked by UFOs while flying. Some ufologists... UFOologists? UFOologists. UFOologists. UFOlogists. It remains unsolved. (laughs) (laughs) Some UFOlogists speculate that Frederick's aircraft was either destroyed with him inside or he was abducted by extraterrestrials. To back this up, there is a report from a witness on the ground describing a green light just above Frederick's plane. He did say that the light was a quote, similar colour to the navigation lights of an airplane, and that the plane was quite close to the ground. The witness said that the light was in a constant position on top of the plane, as though it was riding on top of the plane. Some people have theorised that the simple explanation is that with the airplane so close to the ground, the green navigation light would have appeared to be above the aircraft if it was at a steep enough angle of bank. What does that mean? Angle of, you know when you turn? Oh. And the wings go up in the air? I see. Yeah. What, like there's a, the, the lights on the tip of the wing? It's on the tip, and then they're like, the if he was turned, oh. and you could see the shape of a plane, but the light was in the air, gotcha. you'd just think it was on top. Yeah. Mm. Others have said that this witness is unreliable, as his, quote, recollection of the angular size of the airplane's lights is too large by perhaps several orders of magnitude. Or... Was his recollection correct, and there just wasn't a logical explanation for the lights appearing the way that they did? The ufologists point out that this lines up with the green lights mentioned in Frederick's transmission. Hmm. Hmm. Aliens, huh? Hmm. In Australia, of all places. <laughs> Why they're coming here? Why not? Oh, fancy a holiday in on King Island? Yeah, where the bloody hell are you? What? Oh, no. Yeah, no. We had this horrible tourism campaign. Maybe for King like, Island? No, just for Australia. Oh. Maybe about 10 years ago. And had her name was Lara Bingle at the time. But now she's married to the guy that played the Avatar in Avatar. Oh, Sam. What's his name? Wasn't Sam. He, wasn't Sam he Worthington. Also, yeah, was he also in um, Croc? Crocodile, um, the big crocodile, the movie where you have the big crocodile and eats people. It's like Jaws, but with a crocodile. Oh, I've never seen that. I don't know. You know what I'm talking about. It's Australian. What's that croc called? I don't know, girl. I've never seen that movie. Rogue. It's called Rogue. I've never seen it, but I bet it's great if it has Sam Worthington in it. It's like Jaws, but it's with a crocodile. What Australian screenwriter pitched that? You know what did well overseas? Jaws. And they're like, we don't have, uh, what we can't do sharks again. We have big sharks, but I guess, yeah, you can't do that again. Yeah, and they were like, oh, crocodile. 
Crocs. Anyway. Anyway. The campaign. Yet, uh, it was this, this like, young model at the time called Lara Bingle, and it was just her, like, on a beach in a bikini going, where the bloody hell are you? As in, like, <laughs> where, like, if you're not here, where the bloody hell are you? Oh, but it was received so poorly overseas, and our tourism, like, tanked. Yeah. No right. one got it, because it's such a niche, like, a, like... They thought it was rude. People overseas thought it was rude because we were like, where the bloody hell are you? Oh. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. The UK and the US, they were like, what? Didn't get it. They didn't get it. Damn. <laughs> well, they just, they wouldn't have been any fun here anyway. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I also want to point out that UFOs, obviously, stand for unidentified flying objects. Mm-hmm. Not always linked to aliens. They're just unidentified flying objects. Right. I yeah. feel like, yeah, people make more of a um, link to aliens uh, very immediately. It's not always extraterrestrial. It could be a drone. Could be a drone. Could be a... Could be an alien drone. Secret government plane. Mm. Just something that we can't identify. True. Whether there's little green guys in them. That's maybe. An, that's another story. Unrelated. Sometimes, you know? Mm. Six weeks after Frederick's disappearance, plumber and amateur photographer Roy Manifold came forward after getting some film developed. Roy had set up a camera at Cape Otway on the evening that Frederick went missing, hoping to take some pictures of the sunset. In the last photograph he took, there was a black spot in the upper right quadrant. Initially, Roy thought it was a developing error caused by dirt or damage to the negative, but an analysis by the Kodak lab in Coburg Wait, oh, we live near Cope. Oh, so close to home this I know, time. the Kodak lab. Revealed that there was no damage to the negative and that there had been no issue with the emulsion or development of the negative. Further analysis by American photo experts suggests that the black spot was a metallic object in a cloud of exhaust, which was about a mile or 1.6 kilometers from the camera. You know what that adds up with? How high it was in the sky. He said it's 300 metres above me, which would have been 1,700 metres, 1.6 kilometres. Oh. Just saying. Oh. It's also possible the camera was uh, up on a hill. Do you have those in Cape Otway? I've never been to Cape Otway. Oh. I think there'd be hills there. It's a yeah. beach. Yeah. I was thinking, like, he set it up and overlooking the ocean, mm. possibly. There's so a picture of the picture. Up. You can find it. A picture of the picture. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But you're onto something, I think. Mm. Some UFOologists. <laughs> Will we ever get it right? What are we? What, I don't even know how you say it. Why are you saying it? You ufologists. Ufologists. But ufologist. Who knows? Some ufologists believe that Roy captured the UFO in action as it zipped around Cape Otway. So we've got people in Camp UFO who believe that Frederick was abducted by aliens. But what about the non-believers? like the people who said the light was just the navigation light from the wingtip. Well, they think they have a pretty good explanation of what happened that night. And it all starts with the stars. Everything starts and ends with the stars. With astrology. (laughs) UFO skeptics believe that the four lights that Frederick saw were almost certainly Venus, Mars, Mercury, and the star Antares. Might have butchered that, but that's all right. It's a star. Going to get offended? Sounds about right. (laughs) Well, maybe. You just cursed yourself for the next seven years. (laughs) On the night in question, the conjunction would have been in a vertically elongated diamond shape, 
which would have explained Frederick's description of the UFO being a long shape, like a skinny diamond. Mm. They add that the green navigation light on the right wing tip of the Cessna could have been reflected in the plane's windshield and could have given the stars the appearance of movement around his aircraft. But also, they just said that um, it could have been these four stars. And they were like, they're also the, the light. I think they were just saying that, like, the stars would have been, like, relatively stationary in the sky. But if he was seeing the wingtip in his windshield, like, moving with them, he might have oh. thought that that might have made the stars look like they were moving right. around his plane. Mm-hmm. If he was, like, if the plane was turning and whatever. And the right. reflection was moving. Yeah. 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 Have you ever... You don't wear glasses. But when you wear glasses, sometimes, like, lights reflect off them funny. Right. And you like... Ugh. All right, right, right. <laughs> if, like, sometimes when I'm in a place with lots of lights, I'm like, ah, ugh. It's easy to get disoriented. Mm, interesting. <laughs> yeah. So sometimes, <laughs> maybe I think I've seen a UFO. <laughs> And nobody believed me. Or maybe you think you've seen the kitchen counter move. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So then, what about his description of a metallic or shiny object? Apparently, that can be explained too through the power of suggestion. Mmm, we know her well. <laughs> Given Frederick's previous concerns about being attacked by a UFO, it makes sense that he jumped to that conclusion after connecting the dots in the sky. Was that a pun? Did you write a pun into this script? (laughs) Unintentionally. (laughs) (laughs) While Frederick was convinced that he was under attack from a UFO, flying conditions were becoming more difficult as the sun went down. As the sun sets, the horizon gets darker, while a small part is still illuminated by the sun. This is known as a tilted horizon, and it makes it more difficult for pilots to keep their plane level, as they have nothing to line it up with. Inexperienced pilots like Frederick may overcompensate when levelling their wings and accidentally begin to spiral downwards. This is, I swear, in another episode, I've talked about doing something similar to this. And when I was writing it, I was trying to think of what it was. Like, overcorrecting when I'm, like, driving Mm, something. It does work as a larger metaphor. Oh. Yeah. Just generally, you know, no horizon. Spiralling downwards. Yeah. Overcompensating when levelling my wings. Yeah. Yeah. God. (laughs) True. (laughs) The plane gains speed while spiralling, which causes the spiral to tighten further and become almost impossible to get out of, and is appropriately known as a graveyard spiral. This spiral also explains the rough idling and engine malfunctions that Frederick reported to air traffic control. According to US Air Force pilot James McGaha, who reviewed the case in 2013, the spiral would have caused an increase in G-force within the plane, which would have affected the flow of fuel to the engine. An even more likely scenario is that the plane had already inverted during the spiral, affecting the ability for the gravity-fed fuel system to function correctly. All this plane talk is making my brain big. Yeah. You know, it's increasing by the second. (laughs) Interesting theory. Flying upside down. Mm. I guess if he was upside down, would also... He was probably just seeing his own lights in the water. And if he wanted to fly up Mm. he would fly into the water actually down which would crash the plane yeah probable possible Mm. if he was confused Mm. and that's like you know when you're in um you know when you're in water and it's dark and you lose which way's up yeah that's scary when you're underwater yeah i haven't had that yeah i have (laughs) right 
Don't you just naturally kind of, unless you've held your breath for that you long. Just let some bubbles go and see which way they go. Oh. And then follow them. Oh. Yeah. I feel like I've never been at that point where I'm not, don't have enough air in my lungs that my body just right. goes up. Goes anyway. up. I feel like I'm not very buoyant. She's dense. <laughs> yeah, I'm dense, she baby. She sinks to the I go bottom. straight. I'm a rock. <laughs> All this blubber on me just gets me up to the top. <laughs> I've never floated like very well. Like a seal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Anyway, yeah. Easy to get confused. Although it sounds like this um, graveyard spiral mm. would be something more noticeable, you wouldn't. You know? I think it starts slow, oh. and then you and it gets quicker. And by the time it's quicker, you're like, what? Yeah, right. Gotcha. Frederick's disappearance didn't just capture the attention of UFO believers, but also those who believed in more paranormal or supernatural type activity, and led to the coining of the phrase the Bass Strait Triangle. What a ripoff! I know. Is it a triangle? Of our girl Bermuda. Mm-hmm. Is it a triangle? Yeah. I guess. Maybe an upside down one? Oh, yeah. Okay. Maybe. Sure. You could try. You could draw some lines. The Bass Strait between mainland Australia and Tasmania has always been a notoriously dangerous and unpredictable stretch of water. The strait is quite narrow, only around 300 kilometres wide and 200 kilometres north to south, and is also quite shallow with an average depth of only 50 metres which is apparently quite shallow for the ocean. That is very shallow. Yeah. The area is often subjected to strong westerly winds, which cause a current to reflect from the coast of Victoria in the north. The confined nature of the strait, being surrounded closely by two land masses, as well as the shallow bottom, the strong winds and subsequent currents, often lead to tall waves and a short, often opposing swell. In ordinary terms... It's a bit choppy out there. Mm, sounds like it. Yeah. Historically, ocean travel in a north to south direction between Victoria and Tasmania wasn't frequent because of these conditions, but is now a common route for larger boats and the majority of air traffic to Tasmania as well. They've gotten over it? They just got over it. They figured it out. I think the boats got a bit bigger. Yeah. And we got some better tech, mm. Bet got better at predicting the weather. So we know that geographically, the Bass Strait is challenging for both air and sea travel, but Frederick's disappearance prompted some people to look into past disappearances in the area, and they found that often there was limited evidence of wreckage or people who were lost. The disappearances began in 1858, around 30 years after the settlement of Melbourne was established. The British warship, the HMS Sappho, disappeared with over 100 people on board, and no identifiable wreckage was ever located. In 1906, a German cargo ship disappeared and was never found. In 1920, the SS Amelia J disappeared on September 10th, and during the search, another ship, the SS Southern Cross, and a military plane also went missing. Damn. I know. The SS Southern Cross was found wrecked on King Island, but the SS Amelia and the plane were never found. In 1972, a tiger moth which is a little plane, disappeared on a flight from Tasmania to Canberra over the strait and was never found. Obviously, we have Frederick's disappearance in 1978, and in 1979, a private yacht, the Charleston, disappeared while sailing to Sydney to join the Sydney to Hobart Boxing Day yacht race with an experienced crew in good conditions and no wreckage was ever found. No. Mm Mm-hmm. That's a bit uncanny. 
Yeah, and it was a brand New York, that last one. I reckon there's some, like, weird whirlpool in there situation. You reckon? I reckon all of this It just has, gets sucked down. It's been... It's also all in the same place. Apparently, the families of some of the people on the Charleston, mm. that yacht, went to see a clairvoyant. Oh. And the clairvoyant said that the boat had, like, lost a rudder or a sail or something, had malfunctioned, and had just drifted across the Tasman Sea over towards New Zealand, but was lost. And then just something happened to it eventually, and they died. But that's a clairvoyant. <laughs> but but to back the clairvoyant up, <laughs> some like meteorological people also said that the currents would have, if they were, you know, if the boat was drifting, it would have dragged them across to New Zealand. But... Right. Listen, I don't know. Another theory about the the Charleston yacht, I think because it's the most recent one, it's the most, like, talked yeah. about, is that they hit hit a shipping container that had fallen off a boat, which, like, ripped a hole in the bottom of their yacht and then just sunk. I'm about to ruin our whole investigation, though. Oh. Because ocean's only 50 metres deep. Yeah. Where? Where are they? Where do they sink to? Like... Can't we scan? We scan. Yeah. We yes. scanned the ocean for that plane. Exactly. So it's not at the bottom of it. Let's map this shit out. Where's the where's the planes and where's the boats? That's what I'm saying is that mm. there's some kind of weird mm. like whirlpool water tunnel that mm. sucks all the wreckage to some corner of the world that we just haven't decided to look in yet. Like that whirlpool that sucks all the plastic to the same place. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But like mm. bigger and more bigger. mysterious. Or is it aliens? You're right. I hypothesize all this, but I actually know nothing about currents either. Mm, so don't either. listen to anything I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, I don't know anything about currents. Or aliens. Or clairvoyance. Mm. I would also like to publicly apologize anyway, because I feel like Frederick did disappear. He was lost. Mm. And I guess, well, testament to how this episode has gone so far, it's very easy for his disappearance to get lost in all this UFO, alien, bass straight triangle, mumble jumble. Mm. So, it is still sad he was only 20. Yeah, very younger young. than us. He just wanted to be a pilot, man. Yeah, and who cares, like, whether he was flying to King Island to get crayfish or see his friends or... Or look for a UFO. Doesn't, like, yeah, it was just a yeah. young man. Just flying his plane. Mm. Mm. Also sad is that Frederick's dad, Guido... Passed away in 2000 without ever knowing what had happened to his son. Hmm. That is sad. Hmm. It's always, that's always the saddest part about when people go missing mm. and are never found. Just yeah. the uncertainty. It's true. Even more so here that it was under such strange circumstances. Yeah. And I guess we kind of know that his last moments weren't, like, nice. Mm, I think he was pretty stressed. Yeah. So. Yeah. What do you reckon? Aliens? Mm. Funky flying? Bermuda Triangle ripoff? Mm. My brain is telling me funky flying. Mm. Something something going wrong with the flying. Especially the upside down theory. Mm. The tilted horizon getting confused. Mm. Upside down theory. But my heart is telling me aliens. Mm. And they're just... They just sucked him and his plane up into their UFO. They shrunk it and sucked it up into the UFO and then remade it big when they were on their planet. 
What do you think? I don't think it was aliens. Okay. Even though I love a UFO theory and storyline, um, I do think it was like the I do think it was just the flying, tilting, confusing conditions mm-hmm. theory coupled with the Bass Strait Triangle. I do believe in the that triangle. Uh-huh. Not that it's supernatural. Yeah. Because the water is bad there. Yeah. And the air. <laughs> yeah. You know? So but both of them has led to this outcome. Yes. Where he's gone missing, we haven't found him. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting to note, there has been a rapid decline in UFO sightings since, like, 2014. Really? Yeah. Why? I think people are just less interested now. Right. And also, um, it definitely boomed during the space age, obviously. Uh-huh. Which was, like, the 70s. And then kept booming into the 90s, where people started getting more access to, like, phones oh. and Big greater TVs reporting. And... Yes. Yeah. But since then... Everyone has access to a phone, mm-hmm. and a lot of other chaotic things are going on in the world now that is beyond... That is very true. ...extraterrestrial life. We're barely keeping it together, right? <laughs> We've got our own problems. ...on this planet. So I think people are less interested. They're more doubtful about any reports of sightings, mm-hmm. especially, yeah, with the with digital mediums being so accessible to everyone now. Right. You, do you mean, like, to, to manipulate images? Yeah, fabricate. Mm fake stuff like the Loch Ness Monster yeah it's died down now yeah UFO sightings okay but it's just a fun fact for you but when he disappeared height that is true of UFO yeah you're right 70s the space space race Mm. space race was over by that point but we were still trying to go to space yeah yeah (laughs) well was that real (gasps) the moon landing (laughs) Helen (laughs) What a bomb to drop at the end of the oh, episode. Yeah, we'll just leave you with that. To be continued, you guys. <laughs> we will not be doing an episode on that. <laughs> um, yeah, great. I think it's about time we do a more normal case now. Yeah. We've done some funky ones Let's lately. go back to, like, our normal roots. crime. <laughs> yeah. Where we started, our yeah. small beginnings. Because this season we've done a shark coughing off an arm. We've done a painting being stolen from the NGV. We've done a shared delusion road trip. (laughs) And now this. We've been covering our bases. Yeah. We're feeling a bit funky these days. Maybe next week we should just do a regular old homicide. Yeah. You know? That's not funny, but... No. Just, you know. Mm. Mm. Speaking of humble beginnings, Mm. we have been getting exponential growth in our listens lately, Helen. Yes. Thank you guys so much for listening and obviously for recommending to your friends or something. <laughs> What's going on Thanks out there? Thanks to the Spotify algorithm for bumping us up. Yeah. It gets more and more concerning every day that people are actually listening. <laughs> I know. There was one day this week that on Spotify alone we got like 101 listens um, and seeing the three digits come up scared me a little bit. <laughs> I was like, oh no. <laughs> That's one too many. That's two too many from 99. <laughs> So I guess if you're a new listener, um, we do have Instagram. You've caught us at a great time. We're not famous yet. Yeah, so, <laughs> so you can still jump. You, you can, can still DM say, us. <laughs> you can say you were here from the beginning. Yeah. But yeah, you can DM us on Instagram. And we will reply. We have... Because we're not that popular yet. We do have Twitter. We don't tweet much because we only have about 20 followers. But if, if more of you follow, maybe I'll tweet. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a threat? <laughs> Yeah, very thinly veiled threat. You guys don't want to see Riz tweet. 
Oh, God. Unleash the beast. <laughs> You've been holding back on Twitter this whole time. I know it. Yeah, I have. I think you're well suited for Twitter. Yeah. Just random thoughts. Yeah. Threads. Stream of consciousness. Yeah. Tweeting. Yeah. Anyway, fo- give us a follow on social media. We would love to see you guys there. Yeah. Yeah. And we're really happy our audience is growing. Woo. Woo. What? Leave us a review so oh, we yeah. know that it's real. Yeah. <laughs> That's half my doubt. I'm like, something's gone wrong here. So if you write a written review, I'll believe you. Yeah. As one extra listener. <laughs> I'm convinced that our hosting platform is fabricating our listens so that we continue to pay our monthly subscription to keep our shit listed. <laughs> Maybe this is becoming a conspiracy podcast. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> We've been inside too long. Shout out to Pinecast. <laughs> Use the code RizHelen for 30%. Don't think we don't have a code. We don't Not have yet. one. Not the power of yet. <laughs> so, Pinecast, if you're listening. <laughs> Great work we're doing here. Give us a code. Give us a code. Anyway. Yeah. I think that's enough from us. Mm. Mm-hmm. Thank you for listening to this episode. Thank you. Hope you come up with some cool theories of your own about Frederick's disappearance. And keep an eye out for those UFOs. Look up to the sky. Keep an eye on the sky. And with that, we're out. You could have said goodbye and it would have been a poem. Oh, Bye. <laughs> goodbye. <laughs>